0: Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Let's go. Turn with me. 2 Samuel. Book of 2 Samuel. And um, chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. I want to take a few moments looking at this portion of Scripture. Before you look at your Bible, everybody look back at me. All right? Before you look at the Bible, look at me. How many of you in here know who Jedediah is? i got a few people. Jedediah. Who's Jedediah? Uh Uh-huh. Y'all looking at me. Okay, let me, okay, y'all give me that look, okay? Don't make me pull out the logo and say, what are these four things for on the logo? (laughs) Jedediah. Well, we'll see who he is for a moment. I'm going to tell you about another guy by the name of Solomon. How many of you heard of Solomon? Hey, there we go. We got all kinds of people heard of Solomon. Let Let me take you on a little bit of a journey here this morning, if I will. The The story of this man named Solomon, and we'll see where Jedediah comes in in a moment for those of you who aren't. Sure. Let me give you a little history. The history is of King David, Solomon's father. All right. The Bible tells us and tells us the story of this great King David, who was a lover of God, that the Bible, he became king. He killed Goliath, spent years running from Saul. Then he becomes king. And when he becomes king, there's a portion of scripture in chapter 11 that says at the time that the kings go off to war, David stayed home. How many know that if God wants you somewhere, you should go there and not stay home? But anyhow, that's another story for another day. So he, he doesn't go. He stays home. The Bible says in the night that he gets up and he goes up to the roof of the house. And when he's on the roof of the house, he's looking around. And he looks and he sees a woman taking a bath. How many know that's the moment he should have ran? Like, I'm out of here. All right. He didn't. I'm just telling you. All right. He looked, and he looked again, and he kept looking, all right? And I got to tell you something, guys. I'm telling you, for the, I've told you 100 times, and I'm telling you ladies for 100 times, he was not attracted to your personality first. <laughs> Come on, I'm just telling you, he liked what he saw. The personality became a bonus, amen? You lying dogs. You, every man in this house should have said amen, all right? I was not attracted to Penny's personality first. Just telling you. She, and she was not attracted to my personality first. It was my dashing, handsome, good looks. <laughs> Bible says, call things that are not as though they are. Ah, praise the Lord. All right. And so he, he looks down. He sees this woman. He sees this woman. He looks too long. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, he wants what he sees. He likes what he sees. He wants what he sees. The only problem was, she was the wife of another man. All right. And that is the problem in case you're wondering. All right. But he doesn't care. Doesn't care. He's the king. Wants what he wants. And what does he do? He misuses his authority for selfish means and he sleeps with a woman. Isn't it amazing? Let me stop there for a moment. Just because God gives you authority doesn't mean you have the right to abuse it. There's lots of people who have abused God given authority. Just because God gives you authority doesn't mean you can't use it for selfish means. How many know you can use godly authority for selfish means? It happens all the time. Selfish use of God-given authority will always lead to death. Always. He sleeps with her. She becomes pregnant. He's got a problem on his hands. All right? Her husband is one of David's fighting men who's off at war. He's not around. She's pregnant. We got a problem. So what does he do? he sends message to bring the husband home. And when the husband comes home, he says, hey, hey, go home. Go to your house. Go sleep in your bed. I mean, know what's going to happen if he does that. And what happens? Uriah, a man of honor, a man of integrity, says, I will not go sleep in my house when my brothers are off fighting the war. Now David's got a real problem. He can't blame the pregnancy on him. All right, and what does he do? So David, in order to keep his sin secret, orders the death of this noble man. It's often the innocent who suffer the most from our sin, isn't it? And when the Bible tells us, so what he did was he ordered his death, he conspired with the leaders of the army to put him at the front, withdraw from him, so he got killed. And this is what happens. And the Bible says that Nathan the prophet came to David and rebuked him and God said, I know what you did. And what you did is evil in my sight. And what you did is evil, and it's wrong in my sight. And I got to bring judgment, because how many know God has to judge evil? And he brings judgment. And the Bible tells us that the child dies. That the child born out of this sinful relationship dies. And then we pick the story up in chapter 12. That the Bible says in verse 24. 24. And then David comforted his wife because he married her after that. And he went into her and he lay with her and she gave birth to a son and he named him Solomon. Now watch what the verse says. And now the Lord loved him. Hmm. And sent word through Nathan the prophet and told him to call the son Jedidiah because the Lord loves him. Isn't this an amazing portion of scripture? Let me stop here for a moment. Never in scripture does God condone what happened between David and Bathsheba. It was wrong. It was judged. It was judged with the death of that child. It was judged. David repented. He became a repentant man before God. All right. And now here he is. He marries this woman. They have another child. That child's name is Solomon. God sends a message. He said, oh, by the way, I want him to be called Jedediah. Tell him his name is Jedediah." All right. Here's the son of a David and Bathsheba. The son that is born to an adulterer. And a conspirator, ouch! How'd you like to have that in your lineage? All right, he was the son of what some would call a scandalous relationship. He he was the offspring of a tabloid sensation. I mean, think about this. You you gotta can we put this in today's vernacular? How many know it would be on the news today? It'd be on the front of the, uh, the National Enquirer and all those places, right? And God sends a message and says, "You tell him I love him." You call him Jedediah. You see this message. I believe, was for Solomon, as well as it was for David. The message to our repentant David, the grace of God extended to the repentant, can still bear something that God loves. Listen to me this morning. You may have in your life messed up royally. You may have sinned royally. You may have done despicable things Or despicable things may have been done to you, but I'm telling you today that if you were the perpetrator of things that were sinful, evil, whatever it might be, the message to you today is this, that God can still birth something that he loves out of a repentant heart. Aren't you glad for that? Okay, now listen. You might have made mistakes. You might have sinned. You might have done some despicable things. But I want you to know that you can produce something that God loves. You can produce something that God can use. You can produce something that God will honor. You can do that. God sends a message that says, tell that child, I love him. David, I love it. I love him. But Solomon, this man born into this situation, everybody knew him as Solomon, the son of David and Bathsheba. They knew the story. They knew the backstory. How many of you ever heard the backstory? How many of you ever hear somebody that that maybe somebody says something about someone and then somebody else chimes in, yeah, but let me tell you what else. You ever hear one of those conversations? Hmm? I've heard people say complimentary things about pastors. Then I've heard people chime in and say, yeah, but let me tell you what else. (laughs) If you need to add a yeah, but just be quiet. Okay. (laughs) It's not usually pretty good. All right. Everybody knew him as Solomon, the son of Bathsheba. They knew the story. They knew the backstory. They knew the history. Attached to his life story is the story of his mother and his father. Attached to his life story would be the story of how his father committed adultery with his mother. How his father conspired to kill her husband. How his father abused his power and his authority. How his father had an innocent man murdered and an innocent child died over it. How this first child was taken. Forever attached to his story would be their story. But God sends a message to the prophet Nathan. You tell him, I love him. You tell him, I call him Jedediah. His father named him Solomon, but God called him Jedediah. The word Jedediah means beloved of God. Beloved of God. Beloved. The banner over his life would forever be love. It's interesting that Solomon wrote the song of Solomon. And one of the verses out of that is it says, he brought me to his banquet hall and his banner over me is love. He was part of a scandalous situation, but God had a message for him, I love you. He was part of a story that was less than good, but God had a message, I love you. You might be here today, listen to me. You might be here today and you might be the product of who knows what. Maybe you're the product of an adulterous affair. I got a message for you this morning. God loves you. The enemy may use your past as a shame and guilt, but God's got a message. I love you. You you might be here today and you might be the fruit of something that was sinful. God loves you. You might be here today and you might be the product of something you'd like to hide. But I got to tell you, God loves you. God loves you. You see, the amazing thing is, listen to me, because I want to tell you about, about my God. My God is the initiator of love. Notice this for a moment. When did he send this message? He sent this message when the baby was born, when the baby was an infant. Before Solomon lived a year in his life, God said, you send a message and you call him Jedidiah. You make a prophetic declaration over his life that I love him. You make a prophetic declaration over his life. You see, God has always been the initiator of love to us. All right? Before Solomon ever did a thing to please God, God loved him. Before Solomon ever did a thing to honor the Lord, the Lord loved him. Before he ever uttered a prayer, God loved him. From the moment that he breathed the breath, he was loved by God. As a matter of fact, I'd say he was loved in his mother's womb. The Bible tells me, that he told Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. The Bible tells me that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible tells me he knit me together in my mother's womb. My God loves me. He's the initiator of love. You weren't the initiator of it. He's the initiator of it. How many know? Uh, from the moment, mothers, from the moment that you became pregnant, how many know that your love for that child didn't start when that child was born? Your love for that child started the moment that heartbeat started inside of you. I or it even go as far as to say that some of you even imagined the love you'd have for your child before your child was born. You were the initiator of that love, right? They were born, and you loved them. When they were in their infantile state, you loved them. You were the initiator of love. They were not the initiator of love. You were. God is the initiator of love in your life. And what happens is, now he comes to Solomon and he says, Your name will be Jedidiah, because I love you. I don't care how you were born. I don't care what you were born into. I don't care your history. I don't care your father's history. I don't care. I love you. Don't ever forget it. If you get nothing else out of anything I say today, I want you walking out of here with one thing. God loves me. God loves you. He loved you from the moment that you were in your mother's womb. The prophetic declaration was, I love you. God's love becomes the foundation of our life. Think about this. I want you to hear the prophetic declaration over your life today. God loved you from the moment you were born. No matter what you were born into, no matter what you were born out of, no matter what you were born, God loves you. He's loved you. No matter what has happened, he loves you. No matter who your parents are, he loves you. No matter what they've done, he loves you. No matter what you've done, he loves you. It doesn't matter. You can't take it away. God loves you. Even if you choose to go to hell, God loves you. And how many of you know God God didn't create hell for you? He never created hell for humans. He created hell for the devil and his demons. God loves you. He loved you before you even knew him. He loved you before you ever did a good or sinful thing. He loved you before you knew right and wrong. Listen to me. I want your foundation to be this morning that God was the initiator of love in your life. Now, what does God want in return? What do you want in return when you love somebody? Husbands? You love your wife. That's when you're supposed to say "Amen." I got the. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. I got the dumbest men in America. I, I set them up to get points. Huh? I mean, I, all. I, I mean, I said, "Husbands, you love your wife." That should be "Amen." Let's practice, husbands. You love your wife, right? Amen. See. The wives would have jumped all over that. Oh, you guys. Duh, what? Huh? You, expect, and you love her, you want her to return that love. When she loves you, the ladies, you want them to love you back, right? Okay. Of course, when you love your child, you want your child to reciprocate that love. Right? What does God want? God wants you to love him. Your love for him is the return for his love for you. When you love someone, that's what you want in return. You see, then the Bible tells us that Solomon does this. I want to take you to 1 Kings chapter 3, all right? Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 3. Now, you go to this portion of Scripture, and I want to show you what happens in the life of Jedediah. We know him as Solomon, but I'm going to call him Jedediah for a while, all right? In 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon now becomes king, okay? And I want to show you verse 3. Verse 3, now Solomon loved the Lord. Another version says, now Solomon showed his love for the Lord, all right? Because how many know the banner over his life was love? He was Jedediah, loved of God, beloved of God. This morning, you are Jedediah. This morning, you are loved by God. And what God wants back from you is your love, all right? Your love in return for his love. The Bible tells us that he did this in a number of ways. How do I show my love for God, Right? We sing songs. I love you, Lord. Okay, that's the of my singing. Sure. But the Bible says that he loved the Lord and he walked in the statutes of his father, except he sacrificed and burned incense on high places. The Bible tells us that Solomon loved the Lord. And that love was demonstrated through a number of things. One of those is obedience. How many know obedience is a demonstration of our love for God? I mean, know we don't do it to get his love. He already loved us. He loved me when I was disobedient. He loved me when I was a sinner. He loved me before I ever knew him. All right. And so what happens is I've come to him. He's the initiator of love. He pours love into my life. And now in return, I'm going to love him back. And one of the ways I do that is walking in obedience to his commands, to his decrees, to his statutes. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll follow my commands. Right? obedience love demands obedience how about this one sacrifice how many believe love demands sacrifice okay one of you okay we might have the essence of some of our marital problems <laughs> are you telling me that you got married and you didn't sacrifice you better have baba how many of you sacrificed for those children that you love? How many of you know some of you would have drove a much nicer car at a much earlier age if you didn't have children? <laughs> okay? And they always think because a guy has a nice car at 55, he's going through a midlife crisis. He's not going through midlife crisis because he bought a sports car at 55. He's finally got some money that he can buy a sports car. Now, now listen. If he gets a 25-year-old girlfriend, now he's gone through midlife crisis. Okay? The car is good. The girlfriend is not. But you sacrifice for those you love. You sacrifice for what you love. The Bible tells me that Solomon sacrificed. The Bible tells me he loved. The Bible tells me he worshipped. Love demands love. Love demands sacrifice. Love responds to love, not to get love, but rather to reveal love. So the Bible tells us an interesting story. The Bible tells us another story of Solomon in 2 Chronicles 3, as well as this chapter of 1 Kings chapter 3, where he sacrificed. And he went, to the, he went to the place of sacrifice. And this is what he did. He sacrificed a 1,000 burnt offerings to his God. I don't know about you, but that's an amazing sacrifice. In the Old Testament, one of the ways they did that before Jesus was they sacrificed burnt offerings and blood offerings and different things like that, all right? It says he offered a thousand burnt offerings. Can you imagine the time it took to offer a thousand burnt offerings to God? Can you imagine the cost that it actually incurs, uh, the mess that it made? Hmm? You, you know, it's funny to me. Here's Solomon; he goes and offers a thousand burnt offerings, and we complain if the service goes two hours. I'm, I'm telling you, there's some, there's some stuff in the church I'm so sick of, I can't stand it. Like, okay, the Steelers play at one, God. We need you to be done by 12, okay? Listen, it's not that big a deal. They're only playing Cleveland. But the point of the matter is, we say, oh, Lord, we love you, and we want to demonstrate our love for you collectively and rather with God's people, but you better get it in in two hours or under. Pastor Troy told me we could cut the cost of joining the city down if I would preach for 28 minutes and 30 seconds. I mean, you know that ain't happening. Right? Listen to me for a moment. I want to bring you back to a place. See, God's love was the foundation of Solomon's life. He was Jedediah. You tell him I loved him from the moment he was born. And now when this man comes into his place of authority and influence, he says, I'm going to the high place. I'm sacrificing to my God. I love him. I'm going to show him my love. I'm going to extravagantly worship him. I'm going to extravagantly love on him. I'm going to pour out everything I got because of my love for him. When his banner over you is love, you'll use whatever is at your disposal to return that love. He used his position as king. He used his position and he used his wealth and he used everything he had to worship his God. I watch this. And then the Bible says that after this moment that the Lord appeared to him. So get this. When he's born... God sends a prophet to him. You tell him I love him. You tell him I call him Jedediah. You tell him despite everybody else, I love him. And then he comes to his position of authority. He becomes the king. And when he becomes the king, he uses that position. And he remembers. And the Bible says he showed God his love, that he Love the Lord. And out of that was obedience. And out of that was sacrifice. And out of that was worship. And out of that was this moment of time where he went to God. And he says, God, here's everything I got. And the God who initiated that love now comes to him after this extravagant act of love. And he comes to him and he asks him a question. He says, Solomon, ask me for whatever you want. Whatever you want, ask me for How many of you just like to just once somebody say to you, ask anything you want and I'll give it to you? Hmm? Some of you did that today. I'm telling you what, I'm taking the best you got. Hmm? What do you want? Ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Name it. It's yours. I won't resist your request. I can't resist your request. I love you so much I can't resist it. Listen to me. How, How many of you take your grandkids shopping? I mean, that'll cost you money. I had to go get a birthday card yesterday. I took Carson with me. We go into Weiss Market. Lord, that girl sees a lot of things in Weiss Market. We we ain't in the door two seconds. and She's she's just reaching out and grabbing a bag of Doritos off the shelf. Yes, she's addicted to them. I might have had something to do with that. Her mother might have had something to do with it. But she's not even asking Pappy if he's going to buy them. She knows Pappy's going to buy them. And then we go past the candy section. <laughs> and she grabs more candy. Pappy ain't saying no. All right? I think we walked out of it with three or four things. I'm not exactly sure. Because here's a little girl that I have loved from the moment that she was born who has reciprocated that love back into my life. Because we are thicker than thieves. She has GPS. Global Pappy Satellite. She finds me no matter where I'm at. I'm going to go hide in my part of the house. (laughs) All of a sudden, there goes the door flying open, and I hear... "Hmm?" And now... Because of the way that she reciprocates it. What do you want? The kingdom is yours. What do you want? He comes to Solomon and says, you've loved on me. You've received my love. You've reciprocated my love. What do you want? Let me reward your love. Hmm? See, this, isn't, this is not a message about the perfectness of Solomon. This is a message of the perfectness of God's love. What does he ask for? What does he ask for? Listen to him, verse 6. He says, You've shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according to as he walked before you in truth, righteousness, and uprightness. You've reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne. Now, Lord, you've made your servant king in place of my father, yet I'm still a child. I don't know how to come in. I don't know how to go out. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted, counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? And I hit I read this and I was looking at this, and I was like, oh, this is so awesome. Look at how Solomon responds. He said, I don't want riches. How many, have God said, how many of you today, if God said, ask anything you want, you would ask him for, to win the $700 million lottery? Oh, some of you are lying this morning. <laughs> how many, how many, many well, I things? Just, just I just want lots of money? All right? He didn't ask for that. Hey, God, I want to live a long time. He didn't ask for that. I like this one. God says, because you didn't ask for the death of your enemies. Think about that one. <laughs> okay? He could have asked for that, but he didn't. He said, I need wisdom in order to lead your people. I need discernment to be able to lead your people, your great people. You, listen to me, God, you loved me, and what I want is for you to give me the ability to lead what you love. Get this in your heart this morning. Solomon's request was not on his behalf. His request was in order to benefit the people that God loved. Give me the ability. Give me the wisdom. Give me the insight. Give me the understanding so that I can correctly lead who you love. So many times we forget what it's all about. It's about who God loves. It's about what God loves. Do you know why I ask God for resources to impact this city through this church? Because God loves this city. Because God loves these people. And when you have received the love of God, and you return the love of God, you've got to come to a place where you love what God loves. And you love who God loves. He had disciples who hated the Samaritans until they saw them through the eyes of Jesus. You see, I believe Solomon is saying, God, I know these people are the apple of your eye. I need to know how to love them, lead them. He says, because you didn't ask for long life, because you didn't ask for riches, because you didn't ask for the death of your enemies, he says, I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you insight. I'm going to give you all these things. Look what the Bible says. It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon asked for this. God said, because you've asked for this and not asked for, your, um, for yourself long life, and you haven't asked for riches for yourself, and you haven't asked for the life of your enemies, but you've asked for discernment to administer justice. Behold, I'm going to do what you ask according to your words. I've given you a wise and discerning heart so there's no one like you, before you, or after you. But listen to what he says. But I also am going to give you what you have not asked for. I'm going to give you riches, and I'm going to give you honor so there will not be anyone among the kings like you. Jedediah, the one that God loved, receives the love Returns the love, reciprocates the love. Falls in love with what God falls in love with. God says, ask anything you want. He said, I need wisdom, I need insight. I need understanding how to lead your people. Didn't ask for anything for himself. Now God says, now, this is the, listen, get this. And Now God gives him immeasurably more than all he could think or ask or imagine. I talked to you last week about immeasurably more. The immeasurably more. Can you imagine what it would be like? That God would be able to do. He, the Bible says he is able to do more than you can. More, immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. He was doing this for Solomon. But the springboard for him doing this for Solomon. Was that he loved Solomon. Solomon loved him. And Solomon loved what God loved. Do you love what God loves? Do you understand how much he loves you? Do you understand all he wants back from you, first and foremost, is your love? This is what I know. Jim's a hot mess sometimes. I'm surprised Penny didn't jump up and shout, Amen, brother. But this is what I know. God loves this hot mess. I know that. In spite of my shortcomings at times, in spite, I know that God put me somewhere that I don't deserve to be. I know He's done things in my life that I didn't earn, deserve. And I know there's times that I've got to do things that I don't even know how to do. But God is good. And what God wants from me most is not to do great exploits in his name. But what God wants from me most is to love him in return. Not just in token love, token expressions of love, but an extravagant love that gives him all that I am, all that I have. And then God, and then, and then, I believe there's a principle to fall in love with what he loves, to fall in love with who he loves, so that, so that what he gives to my life is used on behalf of those he loves, and it's all founded and rooted in the love of God. Let me fast forward, and I'll be done in a few moments. Let me remind you of a scripture where this immeasurably more concept came out of. Ephesians chapter 3. Paul said, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. I want you to hear Paul's prayer. From whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he'll strengthen you in power through his spirit. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now get this. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. Let me stop right there. I believe Solomon, I believe Jedediah was a man who was rooted and established in love. In the love of God. From the moment that he was born, God said, I love you. You send a prophetic message to him and you tell that boy, I love him. You tell that kid, I love him. You remind him of his name. His, his father gave him the name of Solomon. But you tell him I look at him as Jedediah. And i got to tell you something this morning. I don't care what the world has called you. I don't care what your mom and dad has called you. I don't care every negative thing that you've been called. I don't care what it is. got a word for you today. Your name is Jedediah. Your name is Jedediah. Beloved of God. And the Bible tells me there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Walk confidently. It's the foundation of your life. Rooted and established. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, will have power together with the Lord's Holy Spirit to grasp, to grasp something. We can't grasp it because I mean, we're used to human love. To grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ. I don't know how to explain it adequately. All I can do is imagine the love that I have for my children my wife and my grandchildren, and multiply it <laughs> perfectly. He says this, is this to, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you would be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And then, and now to him who is able to immeasurably to do immeasurably more than we can all ask or imagine, according to his power, this work within us, to him be the glory and the church in Christ through all generations forever and ever. And the Bible says, amen. Come on, Troy, I'm going to get ready to wrap up. Listen to me this morning. This message is simple. The simple message is this. You've got to be established and rooted in the love of God this morning. Everything else flows from there. You've got to receive the love of God. You say, but how do I get the love of God? You don't get the love of God, it's already there. You don't get it. It's not something to earn, it's not something to strive for, it's not something you have to work for, it's not something you have to be good enough for. The Bible tells me He loved you from the moment you had breath in your lungs. From the foundations of the earth, he loved you. Jedediah. And you got some people sold you a bill of goods that when you did this, you did that, God stopped loving you. That's a lie. Religion will tell you that garbage. He loves you. He rooted. It means to be strengthened. And the foundation is to be stable. Here's the deal. God loves you. Don't you doubt it. Don't you question it. Don't you let someone tell you that you have to earn it today. Don't let someone tell you different. Be secure in the love of God. But return that love to Him. Return that love to Him. Return it to him. Say, Pastor, how do I return it to him? Do I have to be like you? God help you. No. But you but love demands action. Love demands actions. Love demands obedience. You can't tell God you love him and be disobedient. Now again, I'm not talking about uh, how many of you know we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. How many of you know we have moments of walking in disobedience, moments where whoop, messed that one up. But how many know that a measure of love is also proven in the ability to come humbly and repent and ask forgiveness, return that love, return it to Him, obedience, sacrifice, worship, everything that He, ha- everything you have. Be an extravagant lover. But then I really think that you gotta, we gotta somehow be able to fall in love with what he loves. There's some things I don't like in life. Camping is not one of my favorite activities. You might have heard that a few times. Personally, I'd rather not have two dogs in my house. We at one time had three. But I'd rather not. But I go camping, and I got dogs in the house. Why? Because I love my wife. It's that simple, right? How many you know that you, you, you sacrifice, and you start to like, and maybe even at times love, what the one that you love, loves. Hmm. What would happen in our lives if we fell in love with what God loves? If we fell in love with who God loves? If we fall in love, now I'm going to really, really meddle for a moment. If you fell in love, or at least were able to love them through the eyes of God, your co workers. <laughs> uh oh. Do you know God loves them as much as He loves you? He says, you're saying, Yes, I do. He should call them home. <laughs> that <Then> of <if> you. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes there's, there are some people who are harder to love than others. You know, how I many you know sometimes you've got to love your in laws? <laughs> I'm having some fun with that. But the point is, now let me get a little bit more. How many of you can believe that you can love a city like God loves a city? That he love a people, that he loves a people, that you can pick up his heartbeat. I believe Solomon. Solomon could have asked for a lot of things. He said, I need to know how to lead your people. They're not mine. They're yours. Show me how to lead them. Show me how to lead them. To love what he loves. And then God comes in and he says, Let me give you more than you asked for. Let me give you more than you can even imagine. You see, I believe that the immeasurably more of God is directly attached to his love. I believe that with all my heart. I see the story of a man who from his birth was established in the love of God. I know my God loves me. I know that God loves me. Do you know that God loves you this morning? Are you established and firm in his love this morning? As pastors, preachers, Pastor Chowdhury can tell you this. Sometimes we get our identity and our security from what we do. Significance from what we do. And it's fun. We love, I love what I do. I get great joy and satisfaction out of it. But I've got to be founded and grounded and rooted and established and secure in His love. You know why? Because guess what could happen one day? You all could stop loving me. I know it's hard to imagine. But you could. You could one day, a group of elders could say, you know what? We don't want him anymore. We don't want him as our pastor anymore. Get him out of here. And it's at that moment, I better know that I'm secure in the love of God. Listen to me this morning. Your wife or your husband may have left you this week. They may have left you last week. They may leave you in the future, but your God will not leave you. You are not rooted and grounded in the love of a spouse. You are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ Jesus. And they may say things to you that hurt you. They may have broken your heart. But God has not left you. And you're standing because the Bible says nothing shall separate you from the love of Christ. Your kids may reject you. Your kids may not talk to you. Your kids may stop loving you, but God won't. You're rooted and grounded in the love of God. I could go on and on and on. And I might. You never know. A Vietnamese shirt on too. I didn't get the memo. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to wrap up. Some of you walked in here this morning. Life has dealt you some junk. Some of you walked in here this morning feeling unloved. Some of you walked in here this morning Humans on this earth failed you? Rejected you? Stopped loving you or whatever? Some of you this morning come in here. You've been the product of stuff you'd rather hide. Like a Solomon. There's somebody else's story attached to your story. i got to tell you this morning how much God loves you. Your name this morning might be Bob. But God sees a Jedediah. Might be Shane, but God sees a Jedediah. It might be Nikki and Chuck, but He sees Jedediah. Jedediah this morning in the house. Lindsay's a really nice name, but Jedediah is better. Do you get it this morning? Everybody say, I am Jedediah. I am Jedediah. Beloved, of God. Hard times have a way of making you question sometimes. Does God love me? Hmm? Skip, my friend, been through hell, haven't you? But you're Jedediah. And Linda, you feel like he's forgotten you. At times, there's been like questioning of the God, I don't get it. And certainly, that Happens, but you're Jedediah, 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 beloved of God, Jedediah, Jennifer, Jedediah. It does rhyme, doesn't it? Sounds good, Jedediah, Jedediah. This man here, this man's from my neck of the woods. My mother's over there, all of a sudden, she went, What? <laughs> he lives on Schoolhouse Drive, Schoolhouse Drive. His father did electric work for our tire business. This is Mr. Boland. My mother went, Oh! (laughs) It's your Jedediah. Jedediah, beloved of God. He even loves the Tyrone section. But listen to me. But what does he want? He wants you to love him back. I want you to love him back. Fall in love with him. Fall in love with him. Fall in love with him. Not to get what you get. Fall in love with him and see what he does. And then, I'll charge you with this today, as the body of Christ. I charge you as the people of God to fall in love with what he loves. I met you. I just got an idea. Because let me know when you fall in love with what he loved, it changes the love of your heart. It fakes of your heart. Solomon didn't yearn for riches. He wanted to know how to lead these people. And then God says, now I want to trust riches because you love what I love. And you're leading what I love. As long as this house will keep that as a foundation, I promise you, God is going to put things in our hands to lead and love his people. So, Father, this morning, in this house, I'm praying that you would remind, first of all, remind us this morning, who know you, who've been in a relationship with you, been saved. Know you as Savior, know you as Redeemer that we'd be reminded this morning of how much you love us. That we'd be reminded how much you love us. That when I was a sinner, your son died for me. You loved me. Before I ever preached a sermon, you loved me. Before I ever gave you my heart, you loved me. And Father, I pray this morning that in this house, all over this house, are some people who have undergone difficult things from the hands of other people. The hands of other people that have caused them to question their love. Some have rejected their love. Some have not loved them the way they should be loved. And Father, I pray this morning that there'll be an overwhelming feeling, an overwhelming feeling of your love in their life, Your presence in their life. (coughs) That they would feel the hand of a loving God, the presence of a loving God, the one who would never reject them the one that would never turn their back on them, the one that would never leave them, the one that would never forsake them, that you are radically, passionately, scandalously in love with them. And Father, I pray that you would challenge all of our hearts today to fall in love with what you love. Father, we ask for wisdom. We ask for insight. We ask for the immeasurably more of God. i going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes today. I'm going to ask you a question. You see, God already demonstrated his love for us, the Bible tells me. The Bible tells me he demonstrated his love when Jesus died on the cross. The reason he died on the cross is so you could be saved from your sins. The reason that he died on the cross is so that you, that you could live. That you would have forgiveness. That you could find redemption from your sins. And what you're receiving is the love of God. I got every head bowed in this place, every eyes closed. But this is what I want to know this morning. If you have not ever received the love of God. And I'm talking about giving your heart to God. I'm talking about saying, you know what? I see it. I get it. I want to give you my life. I want to be saved. And and what it is, you're basically saying, I received the love that you poured out on Calvary for me. I received the gift of salvation today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. That's you today. And you say, I want to receive that love of God. I want to receive that gift of salvation. Put your hand up right now. One here, one there, one over there. Because, man, I want to tell you something. This is really simple. You're not working for it. You're not earning. You're not striving. You just say, man, I want to receive the love of God. I want to receive salvation today. I want to be born anew from above. I want to be born again. Anybody else? three or four good the rest of you know him as a savior then come on stand up with me stand up with me this morning everybody in this house come on let's all make a prayer together come on let's all pray this pray this prayer with me this morning dear father I come to you today to receive the gift of love that your son demonstrated on Calvary's cross, that your son where, he where he paid for my sin, he paid a price that he did not owe to demonstrate, demonstrate your great love for me. And today I receive it. I confess my sins, I repent of them, I reciprocate my. Your love back to you. I received the free gift of salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me tell you what. If you prayed that today, guess what? Guess what? You just got saved. You just get saved. It's that simple. We're not making it hard. That's it. You got saved. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If you prayed that today, the first time you prayed it, I'm going to ask you to do this because it's very important because we want to help you. This is, a, this is a new walk. It's a new thing for you. Inside of your bulletin is a connect card. Grab that connect card. Put your name on there. All right, put your name on there. and Say, man, I prayed this today. Give it to the welcome kiosk on your way out. And I'm going to follow up with you to help you with some things. With this new decision, this new walk, this new salvation that you've experienced. Just take the connect card, fill it out give it to the welcome kiosk. Father in this house may we be a people today that are now rejoicing over those who prayed this prayer. Rejoicing that their names are written. Rejoicing that their names are written in heaven. We rejoice that our names are written in heaven today. and Father most of all I pray That a group of Jedidiahs would leave this house today. Rooted and established in the love of God.